This is Jim Cummings, and you may not know me, but you do know the terror that flaps in the night. And of course, Pooh and Tigger, too. And you're listening to the great, big, beautiful, bodacious podcast. So stay potty or something. before they came in to, to talk to us. And by the time they came in, we were like moving it across the table, and, you know, going <laughs> We discovered it. And we found, when we found out that the eyes lit up, they didn't even know that. Yeah, we found all kinds of features. And they came in and they were like, oh my, what you doing? We're like, well, well, what? Nobody said we couldn't play right. with <laughs> Here are your hosts, Jamie Green and Justin Connors. Welcome to the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. I feel like I should have some music in my headphones that we can like bump into the podcast. With. And I add it in the post-production, but maybe we'll get it live so we set the mood. <laughs> we just uh, had a fantastic interview that we're about to play for you here on the podcast. So we had the other team from DreamWorks on a few episodes ago. Um... And this week, we're going to talk to another DreamWorks team that Jamie had the pleasure of going out and meeting. So maybe, Jamie, why don't you talk about your experience a little bit and who we're interviewing? Yeah. Um, as we mentioned, when we talked to um, Art and Doug, when they were on to talk about Dragon's Race to the Edge, um, DreamWorks Animation signed a sort of unprecedented deal with Netflix for a ridiculous number of shows for like three seasons each. And so um, pretty much what they're doing, right? They've got this whole division there that didn't exist before this deal. Um, that's just developing these networks, these Netflix shows. Um, and the newest one, um, which came out August 14th, uh, is Dino Trucks, um, Trucks with an X. Um, and it's uh, the first quote unquote original property that they're putting out. Uh, it's based on a series of children's books, but it's not an existing film franchise from DreamWorks. So, you know, the previous Netflix shows that they've had have been based on, you know, How to Train Your Dragon, or they've been based on Madagascar or Turbo. Um, this is not based on an existing uh, DreamWorks franchise. Uh, it's so it's it's original in that sense. We talked to Ron Birch and David Kidd. They are the co-executive producers and slash showrunners for uh, Dino Trucks. Um, they'll give you a really good sense for what the show is about. It's basically a mashup of dinosaurs and construction vehicles. So these dinosaurs are big metal vehicles, basically. Um, each has their own. They're, each one is based on, a, on an actual dinosaur and an actual construction truck, a construction vehicle, and they're just mashed up. Um, so it's sort of like every five-year-old boy's dream come true. Right. Um, and yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, the first 10 episodes dropped August 14th and they're going to be dropping in uh, batches of 13 for like twice a year. And I think they've got six, six lined up. So it's like three seasons of 26 episodes each coming at us. And something that's great about these type of interviews too, is, 
Um, you know, you got you guys listening, you might not have kids or dino trucks might not be something you listen to, but just talking to people that are in charge of creating something like this yeah. gives you a really good insight into how the creative process works and what goes through their heads as they do it. That might be something you'll enjoy if you don't have kids or, you know, it's not something they'd be interested in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, that's sort of what the, the one of the biggest takeaways I'm taking from all these interviews, you know, sort of what our show has become is that um, it, it's, it's, it's a fascinating window into the creative mind. You know, everybody we've had on is creative for different reasons. Some have been writers, some have been actors, some have been animators. Um, but they're each, they each have a, you know, their own skill set and their own way of approaching different projects. And I, it's just, it's fascinating to pick their brains and, um, it's more so than about whatever specific project that they're talking about. Um, this is beyond this week. It's, this is just pertains yeah. to every, every episode we have, um, beyond what they're talking about on the surface level. It's more about, you know, I think with the, the more interesting part of the part of the conversations is, um, just sort of finding out what makes them tick and how people, how creative people approach creative projects creatively. <laughs> and for this week, it's dinosaurs plus trucks, so you can't go wrong. So, so here, without further ado, here's our interview with the Dino Trucks team. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, this is great. Uh, I guess we're just going to launch right in and talk about Dino Trucks. Um, so the first season premiered on Netflix August 14th. Uh, can you give everybody listening who might not be familiar or maybe hasn't hasn't gotten a chance to watch it yet, can you just give us a sense for uh, what it's about? Um, it is it is it is about uh, creatures who are part construction vehicle, part dinosaur. Um, they live in the Mechazoic era. Uh, which looks very much like prehistoric Earth, except for the fact that uh, uh, instead of dinosaurs roaming free, it's uh, it's dino trucks. And each okay. dino trucks is a real dinosaur meets a real construction vehicle. And there are there are no humans in our world. It's all dino trucks. So these these herds of trucks and chylodumps, which are chylosaurs, meet megaton dump trucks and doceratops and cranosaurs, which are construction cranes and brachiosaurs, they they roam in, in herds, uh, each according to its own kind, uh, until the beginning of our series when uh, a fearsome and frightening Tyrannosaurus trucks named Ty uh, meets a brainy little reptile, reptiles and wrench tools are small creatures who live in and among the giant dino trucks uh, in hiding mostly. And uh, Ty, this Tyrannosaurus trucks meets Revit, this brainy reptile, and the two of them form an unlikely friendship, the largest and most feared and the smallest and brainiest. And um, they figure out that if different kinds of dino trucks and reptiles can work together, they can build amazing things and survive the dangers of the Mechazoic era, like volcanoes and earthquakes and scrapodactyls and scraptors, which are pterodactyls and velociraptors. And, with, and Destrux. Yes, and uh, Destrux, who is a giant Tyrannosaurus trucks, 
who uh, uh, is very territorial and doesn't like to share. And uh, uh, our guys uh, work together to to live in this world. And they basically, you know, start a community, build a community um, based on helping each other out and uh, trying to survive in this rather wild world. Yeah. So the the show is based on a series of uh, illustrated children's books um, by Chris Gall, but they veer quite a bit away from those original books um, in terms of character design and, and the look of the world and everything. So I'm wondering how did that character and world design develop from those original illustrations? Well, what we, we really wanted to emphasize the uh, uh, truckness, the solidity of our characters. Um, the, the way Ron and I looked at it was that uh, uh, dinosaurs are the superheroes of the animal world. If you think about it, they, they ruled the earth for hundreds of millions of years. And human beings, by con- in contrast, are a tiny little blip on the historical radar. And construction vehicles are like the superheroes of the automotive world. They are giant. They, you know, I, I don't care how cool your Mustang is, my bulldozer can crush it. So uh, we wanted characters who visually would reflect that kind of super size and super weight. So um, we, we also wanted them to be very, very realistically based. I mean, I, yes, I know they're dinosaurs, <laughs> but, you know, they, as they realistic as any combination yeah. of construction. <laughs> Yes. They, they are the most realistic dinosaur construction truck hybrids I've ever seen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, and they and they do obey the laws of physics. I mean, we you know we we have to we have to work in kind of their a real world their real world, um, and you know their bodies had to reflect that. So so uh, you know we love the books and we love the illustrations in the books and the and the beautiful lyrical whimsy of the books. Um, uh, but we felt for the show in order to in order to convey uh, uh, the mass and the cool factors of of our two antecedents, we really needed to go as realistic as as possible. Um, uh, you know, we really wanted the only the only buy-in for the audience to be this crazy notion of the combination of dinosaurs and construction vehicles. Everything else, we wanted them to think, wow, that looks really real. I've never seen an ankylodump, but if I saw one, that is exactly, That's exactly what, what it would look, look like. like. Yeah. <laughs> you, you mentioned that, that the physics are real and that it, you don't break the laws of physics and everything, they, they move the way that they should move if they were real. And I know that that's something that was really important to you. And it's so... It, it distinguishes the show or the look of the characters at least from something like cars where they just kind of like bend and and react in ways that cars and trucks never really would in the real life in real life. Right. They're not they're they're, Our guys are not rubbery or, or squishy. Um, the way regular animated shows are. Um, and, and one of the reasons we wanted to do that was, uh, to, to again, help, that buy for 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 kids, so that they will. Once you forget that there's no such thing as a 
dino trucks. Once you forget that, you can really sink your mind into the show and believe that it's all that it's all real. And not having that kind of cartoon rubberiness, um, we we felt would would really help that. And you know, at first, I think the animators, you know, were concerned that that the amount of acting might be slim because. You know, uh, our characters can't smile per se. Their jaws are made a certain way and their mouths can open, but they can't turn that into a smile. But it has been amazing how much acting we get out of our trucks through, you know, through the eyes, through the hands and gestures. And, you know, they um, they look real and they use they use other parts of their body in the in the same way, you know, in the same way. You know, people think their dog is smiling or their cat is wait, smiling. Wait, wait, my dog is smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Through other kinds of body language, uh, we've been able to convey a huge range of of emotions, and it's really been it's really been terrific. There there are probably two great examples. One is you know when you if you give an actor a mask. Uh, they're they're unable to use their face, which is a big part of their instrument visually. So they have to come up with ways around that. Right, and which for some actors that's probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in, in animation, uh, uh, when when you're first learning to draw animation, there's uh, uh, there's a there's an exercise called uh, the pillow exercise. Or some people call it the sack of flour exercise, and you, your job is to your job is to animate a pillow or animate a sack of flour, and and it has no face, and yet you have to you have to make it express a whole range of emotions, and and uh, and that's how we created Dave Kidd. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and and so for the artists on the show. This has been very much a kind of back to basics. How do I convey this given the limitations of the characters? How closely did you work with Chris Gall during the development of the show? Um, <laughs> we didn't really work with him on the development of the show. He he uh, he dips in now and then to see what's going on. And uh, the cool thing is he's he's like we are. He's he is he's really excited by fun stuff and. Um, he, he kind of enjoys coming in and seeing it like the audience would see it. Um, he's been he's been really supportive, and uh, we invited him into the writers' room uh, uh, and uh, broke one of the broke one of the stories for the episodes with him. And uh, just you know, a really terrific guy and really supportive of the show. It must be it must be something as an author for him to see his. You know, creation come to life. On I, I think he is pretty excited about the show and, and the characters that are coming out. And um, he he went to a screening with us and saw, I believe, the first two episodes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he was he was really happy. I'm wondering how uh, the two of you personally, how did you guys come to DreamWorks? I guess generally and Dino, the Dino Trucks project specifically. Well, we Chris. actually we. We, we got brought in to write for the show and uh, um, ended up having uh, ended up having a, what turned out to be the right idea for for the direction of the the direction of the show and you know when we first for our we came in for our very first meeting on the show and there was uh, 
a maquette, a model of Ty sitting on the on the table in the office, and um, a large maquette. Yeah, and a large, expensive maquette yeah. and, uh, <laughs> that we weren't really allowed to touch because you know we were afraid we would break it. And but they they left us alone in the office uh, before before they came in to to talk to us. And by the time they came in, we you know we were like. Moving it across the table, you know, going. <laughs> we discovered and we, and we found when we found out that the eyes lit up. They didn't even know that. Yeah, we found all kinds of features that yeah. came in, and they were like, "Oh my, God, what are you doing?" And we're like, "Well, well, what? Nobody said we couldn't play right. with." <laughs> and and uh, uh, and they were like, "You know, do you have any idea how much that costs?" And we're like, uh, "Go, no, no," and you know, it was like more than five grand or something like that and and uh but we were sucked in the way we the way we hope now our audience will be sucked in yeah i mean when we first heard about the project it was it was a no-brainer for us we were i mean we were like oh we get it it's totally fun yeah. um and that's really all it took to sell us we i think we saw where the show could go and how much fun these characters are and what kind of lives we could imbue them with, and uh, uh, it was it was just from there we took it yeah. off. Took off once we realized that they that they were sort of they could be sort of like superheroes that they could be a team, a community, and a family. It it all sort of uh, uh, it all sort of fell into place, and and then we thought, hey, this could really be an action adventure show. Um, nobody had thought of that for this age range, and. We thought it would be the most fun way to exploit the characters' abilities. Also, I mean, also as an action comedy, because we do have a lot yeah. of comedy in the show. So for us, that's always the best blend, because yeah. we love that, and um, and that's what the show became. And you know, we're quite thrilled. And then also, also heart. We we kind of got we got sucked into the characters as we were creating them, and and their own personal stories and character types, and. Um, you know, they're they're playing for life or death stakes in the show. Even though, of course, there's no death in the show. But <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, you still don't want a scrapodactyl to take you apart, yeah. uh, scrapter to take you apart, or Destructs to smash you with his wrecking ball tail. And um, um, those stakes led to you know some very sincere uh, moments with the with the characters, and we discovered. We discovered a surprising uh, amount of emotion in the show too. Yeah, I I don't know if that maquette of uh, Ty that you're talking about. I don't know if that's the one that I saw. Um, it is. It is. It is. It's the same one. Um, yeah. If I were left alone in a room with that on the table, I would start playing with it also. Yeah. <laughs> I I tried to get it in my backpack, but I couldn't. It won't. It. it won't fit. Yeah. It is super cool. Um, but I could totally get you know as a writer being brought in. You know. You know, hopefully, right on this show, and you see this really amazing character sitting in front of you, three dimensionally, already thought, you know, more or less thought out, and is creatively, it's he's a blank slate, more or less, right? I mean, so it's like yeah. it's your job to now be like, okay, who is this guy? What does he do? What world does he live in? And I mean, as a writer, that's got to be you know one of the one of the dreams, right? To just come in with this amazing character and be like, okay, I get to from the ground up, I get to get to design this guy. Oh, we got to we we got to create the world. Yeah, um, which was which was super cool. And the the interesting thing for us creating the characters was we thought about the 
combinations. And then we thought about what the combinations meant. You know, what, what a Tyrannosaurus Trux is in that world, what an excavator is in, in that world. And, um, and the, we drew the characters out in, in, in that way. And we realized that, okay, you've got, you've got somebody who is big and strong and everybody is afraid of him on site. So what's the most interesting thing you can do with a character who, who is a loner and, and feared on site? Well, the most interesting, one of the most interesting things you can do is it turns out he's really a nice guy, but sure. nobody, nobody can ever get close enough. Or nobody, nobody is brave enough to get close to him. Yeah. Right. Till he meets Revit, the small. Right, who ironically is like the smallest, least strong creature in the entire world, but but Revit is smart and he's fast he's and, there's, and he's brave and there's something a little different about Ty that intrigues him and that's how they form their friendship. And, and once we figured out that, then all the other characters began to, began to uh, uh, come into line. And, and you know, you, if you think about Dozer, for instance, if you think about a Doceratops, a bulldozer, a Triceratops, you know, they're low to the ground. Their, their field of vision is particularly low. They push things out of their way. Um, um, and you think about, well, what kind, of a, what kind of a person is that? What kind of a character is that? And it, it, it led us right to his, to his personality. Um, and the great thing about it is you create these personalities that seem very much like what they look like. And then you're able, episode after episode, to peel back the layers of those personalities and reveal all kinds of new and interesting things about. Well, I would say, I'd say you round them out. You know, you start flat at the beginning, a little flat, and then you start to round them out as characters. You know, and they become more and more developed. Yeah, exactly. And and the great thing is, there you look at them and you you know a little bit about them right away, and then you get deeper and deeper. So uh, Dino Trucks is the first original uh, DreamWorks property for Netflix. As creators, does that put any uh, type of pressure on you, or is it just business as usual for you guys? Oh, it's just business as usual. Nope. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> There's no pressure here. What do you that? None. No pressure. None. There's no pressure. On DreamWorks <laughs> being on Netflix rests on your shoulders. <laughs> um, it it well it was. Um, it was a new challenge for uh, uh, for us as a as a company um, because as and I'm speaking just of the the TV part of our company because um, it's true uh, the template for the main characters and the look of the shows was for our other shows was created already for the by the film division um, so. Our show had a we had a different process at the beginning. Um, you know, we had to we had to show people what the characters looked like because there was nothing to go on. We had to we had to sell them on what the characters would sound like when we didn't yet have actors. And those are those are all challenges. Um, um, uh, they're challenges Ron and I have been through before because we've worked in film and television and created pilots. Um, but uh, 
for our DreamWorks Animation division. This this was our this was our first shot developing from scratch, and everybody all over the company worked really hard to um, to create this new this new thing. And and, and we're very supportive um, and excited about this process. Yeah, we we um, um, it's it's we never really felt like we weren't working with Annette. Um, you know, we felt we felt very safe to to try things and be adventurous. And everybody, I mean, everybody on this team here has had a hand in this in one way or another. I mean, this we work as a huge community of artists and writers and executives. And so um, we are constantly, you know, having feedback one way or another and uh, all just trying to, you know, make the show the best we can. Yeah, when Ron and I watched, like, for instance, the pilot, which we've probably watched 200, 300 <laughs> times by now, um, I watched it 400 myself. <laughs> just just have the one up. <laughs> I, watched five, I watched it 500 times last night. No, you did. Um, you have kids. Um, um, but you know, we, it's kind of like it's kind of like in the Matrix. You know, uh, uh, you get to a point where you don't you don't see the surface anymore. You yeah. know, what we see are a thousand decisions um, and and a thousand tiny ideas and tweaks, which have come from every single person who who works on the show um um from pas uh all the way up yeah. you, you mentioned um you know having kids yourselves and the target audience for this being skewing a little bit younger than some of the other netflix shows um did you screen this a lot for for kids during the development or in, in what kind of responses did you get we didn't we didn't screen it a lot um, we 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 went through uh, we went through a testing period very early on in the animatic stage, and um, uh, it the response was fantastic. I, it was uh, we showed it to groups of uh, 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 five year olds, six year olds, and seven year olds, um, and I think four year olds. Mm. But uh, and uh, every every group thought the show was for them. Um, yeah. they, they didn't realize that their younger siblings or older siblings would would might be interested or might be watching the same show. They all thought that it was for them. Yeah, because it's a bridge show, so it kind of, you know, it's kind of in the middle there. And we're finding that we are attracting older kids as well as younger kids. So the the range is is quite interesting. Yeah. Now now we're finding anecdotally um, through you know clips or. Clips are are uh, uh, starting to become available online, and uh, uh, you know there are a lot of older kids that we did not expect who seem to seem to be raving about the show, and and uh, uh, even a few sort of uh, you know I know I'm 19, yeah. but I'm not supposed to like this, but I do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's it's partly because, or maybe not partly. Maybe it's mostly because you you intentionally tried to do it as an action adventure show. Like, you know, it's like the kids' first adventure movie. You know, but it's with dinosaurs that are big trucks and they're just stomping things, and it appeals to the kid and everybody. And it doesn't matter how old you really are. Well, I mean, that's why you know your guys' podcast is so appropriate because you know we we are and so many so many of the people in our audience, we're all geeks, just yeah. of different 
ages, <laughs> and uh, we we appeal to the to the same things. But we, I think, also our stories, our stories are, uh, they're not aged down. They're just about characters yeah. trying to do the right things. Right. The language isn't aged down either. Um, it's it is it is not highfalutin or or complex, but it is by no means. Uh, uh, preschool language. And nowhere in the show do we use that term, highfalutin. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, the show the show doesn't talk down to its younger audience, and it doesn't talk up to its older audience either. It's not, it, it, it's not like we put in a bunch of snarky jokes that we hope only parents will get. They're, yeah, there are, no, there are no jokes about Nixon or Eisenhower. And, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. And, you you and, have time. Yeah, give us a couple seasons. And there's nothing that we intentionally want to go over the heads of the kids. You know, we're we're hoping it's the kind of thing. Well, like, like with our own experience, when we were little, like watching Bugs Bunny, and you know, you don't know half the references in Bugs Bunny when you're little, but you know, he's funny. Yeah. And later on, you later on you learn the references, and that's why you can keep watching Bugs Bunny for your entire life. Exactly. Um, Justin, do you want to, we, we have a special guest. Justin has a son, um, who obviously, and very, and very much good news for you guys, loves dino trucks already. Um, and he has a question for you guys and he's just been, he's been chomping at the bit, um, to ask you guys a question. So, uh, we got, we got a screener and we got to watch the first episode and Isaac got to watch it with me. And the first thing he said when it finished was, so are you going to hit the next one? Cause he's so used to Netflix, right? <laughs> <laughs> So he had a very important question he wanted to ask about the dino truck. Okay, you ready? Oh, Isaac, ask it. How did you make it? How, how did you build the dino trucks is what he wants to know. Oh, <laughs> uh, how do you build the dino trucks? Well, you build the dino trucks inside the computer. Um, you build them out of lots and lots and lots of, of little polygons which are which are kind of you know lopsided squares and things like that and you you build them inside the computer piece by piece and then you paint them and you you light them and you make them all move inside the computer isn't that cool yes can you say thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> that, was, that was a really great question <laughs> He's been coming out. He's in another room, and he he's been coming out while we've been talking probably fifteen times. Is it time yet? Is it time? Yet? <laughs> Actually, I think you need to make Isaac maybe one of your lead. Uh, you know. Yeah, he should always. You should have like Isaac's Isaac's, Isaac's questions. questions on. Yeah. Okay, we will. <laughs> he asks better questions than me. So. <laughs> um, are you guys allowed to say if we're going to be seeing any other original shows from DreamWorks? No, we're not. We're not allowed to say. But, but you know. Yeah. You got yes. <laughs> to You got to say sometime. No, it's a joke. <laughs> don't, forget, uh, don't forget Daniel's around. Yeah, so. Oh, right, right. I forgot. Okay. <laughs> Daniel won't hit red, the red hang up button. Just hang up on the call. <laughs> How many seasons can we look forward to with Dino Trucks? Hopefully. Well, uh, uh, we, are, we are doing... Uh, three 26 episode seasons, which Netflix is releasing in seasons of 13. Although our first 20, drop will be 10. Yeah. Uh, our first drop will be 10, but 
then we it'll evolve into drops of 13. So twice a year, there'll be uh, there'll be a 13 episode season of Dino Trucks. Awesome. You're you're gonna make a lot of kids really happy with that, I think. We hope so. We <laughs> hope so. We're making ourselves happy. I have to say. <laughs> well, that's that's good. That's more important, maybe. <laughs> it's been really hard waiting. Yes. Now, just waiting for those first ten episodes to air, we're we're all just so excited. And whenever we get a chance, like on on Bring Your Kids to Work Day here at DreamWorks, they they showed over at the over at the studio at the main campus in the same theater, Jamie, where where we we showed episodes to you guys. They showed episodes to all the kids. Oh, nice! It was so much fun watching the kids watch, watch the show that yeah. was just it was super exciting so now we're kind of you know we just can't wait yeah you, it, it sends you back to your desk and you know or to the computer console or whatever with like renewed enthusiasm yes we're as desperate as isaac <laughs> <laughs> even though you've seen it 500 times exactly <laughs> well, um What's next for you guys? I know you've got a. Um, I know you're going to be working on this for quite a while, but you, you know, there's one thing I know about uh, writers and creative type people is you've always got a lot of, lot of, uh, lot of things in the fire at once. Well, we're we are working on a bunch of things. I'm not sure we can. I'm not sure we can talk about them. We're certainly going to be doing Dino Trucks uh, uh, for the next couple of years. Uh, we've we've we have a long post-production schedule mm -hmm. um, that we have to take the show through. Um, um, and, you know, the amazing thing about working on a show like this is that the for, for writers, for executive producers certainly who are writers, um, um, you're there for the whole ride. Um, you know, we're, we're making changes all through the animatic stage. Uh, then you leave the animatic stage, the animators get a hold of it. Um, then you go through, you go through animation layout, primary, secondary, uh, comp, and at each one of those uh, uh, phases, there are still decisions about story, yeah. decisions about dialogue. You're always fine tuning it. You're always trying to enhance the details. Yeah. And, you know, at the, at the last minute, we may add a line or a joke that turns out to be a big favorite. And, you know, it, it, it didn't exist until four days before the show was completely locked and, and finished. So um, Oops. we find ourselves having to pay an extraordinary amount of attention for a long time. Well, this has been great. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having, thank us. for having us. It was really fun. We, yeah. we, uh, we've checked out your, your podcast and, and, and love listening to it. It's, it's right up our alley. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, we try to have a good variety of, of different people on, different types of people, and uh, we've been getting a lot of good feedback, so we're just, we're pleased people are listening, really. <laughs> if, you have, if you have kids and you're trying to figure out, you know, what the next fun, interesting thing to do, it's a great podcast to listen to. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. There you have it for this week, our interview with Ron and David from the Dino Truck Show on Netflix. And something I was thinking of uh, during the interview, I was they were talking about playing with with uh, that thing. I don't even the toy that was on the table. I need to. Oh, yeah. I need to know I, more about that. You saw it in real life. 
Yeah, I did. I'll send you a picture of it and I'll okay. post it with this with this episode. It's pretty cool. There was a, a huge statue. I would say it was probably a foot and a half high and then okay. that big around of um, Ty, which is the big T-Rex truck. And then next to him was a little model of Revit um, okay. s- sitting on a rock. And uh, yeah, so when, when he says it costs $5,000 to make, I believe it. I mean, right. it looks like it costs $5,000 to make. That's really cool. It, it, it's really cool. Nice. So, um, Jamie, did you have any thoughts about the episode this week before we go while we're wrapping up? No, I mean, like, just like we said at the beginning, um, you know, I I know this is a Disney show, yeah. uh, but you know what? It's our show and we have on who we want. So, um, <laughs> you know, Ron and David are just fantastically nice, friendly, amazing guys who are super creative and, and they're creating some amazing stuff. And Dino Trucks, if you haven't gotten a chance to check it out, check it out. Um, episodes are on Netflix now, um, the first 10. And um, yeah, I mean, if you've got a kid in like the four to 10 range. I'm not even going to say boy or girl because I think, right. you know, I have one of each and they both love it. Um, and they'll love it. And you know, you, if, if you like dinosaurs, check it out. And if it's not your thing, then that's fine. But I mean, I think nobody can deny that, you know, everybody's got an amazing story to tell and creative people that cut all this because what I'm saying is nonsense. Um, <laughs> you can find a good place to stop it there. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the, I mean, the, the the conversation we had this week was was remarkable. I mean, I I love just being able to talk to somebody, just sit down for a few minutes, for a half an hour, forty five minutes, or whatever it is, and just sort of pick their brain and find out what it is that makes them tick. And as writers, and you're a writer, and I do creative things, it's really cool to talk to people that have quote unquote ma- you know made it and they're doing mm-hmm. they're doing the dream right and. You kind of get they're not just people. sitting here babbling on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. They're not interviewing people. They're do, they're the ones being interviewed. Right. Um, you really get to take away a lot of things and implement them in your own creative style. And it's really neat. I've really, that's been my biggest takeaway of doing this podcast since doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So if and you, if any of you have takeaways, yes, let us know what they are. <laughs> what do you, I mean, I'm sure more than a few of you that are listening are writers in your own right. You know, animators, artists, whatever you do, let us know um, how it is that you you approach projects. What do you think about when you start something new? What what inspires you? What's your muse? Um, let us know. Send us an email. Send us a tweet. Drop a line on Facebook. Do whatever you want. We're, we're easily found. Exactly. And I just wanted to do a shout out. You know, you hear the intro every week. We have right before someone that introduces the episode. Well, guess what? That can be you. These... <laughs> Really? How can that be me? How Justin? can that be me? <laughs> so what we're doing is we're, we I recruit people that listen to the show and they just say their name, where they're from, and you know you can make it fun. The last guy I had, a good buddy of mine, made it pretty fun. And uh, you know if you want to do that, get in touch with me. Just send me a message on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, however you want to do that, we'd love to have you on there. I think it adds a cool element to the show having that intro at the beginning. It shows that people listen to us. Yes, exactly. And we like you. <laughs> well, let's not go to no joking. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, burn the audience Ooh. that we have. Yeah. Um, so if you want to find us on Twitter, on the tweet, tweet us at the GBP podcast. And we're also on Facebook at the GBP podcast. Um, just facebook.com slash the GBP podcast. And you can find me at 140 Justin C on everything. And you can find Jamie at the Roarbots on everything. On everything. 
All well, right. <laughs> no, I'm not on everything. What was it? Doug Jones said, "I'm not on the Snapchat because I don't yeah. understand." <laughs> yeah. So I'm not on Snapchat either. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not on the Snapchat or <laughs> whatever else there is that the young kids are using these days. The snappers. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for coming by. We will be back next week. Have a great week. Take care. This podcast has been a production of the Geek Dad Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this content, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash geekdad.